What does stress have to do with your budget? It's well known that stress raises your heart rate, your blood pressure, and can drastically affect your hormone levels, creating a whole new Rolodex of health issues. But have you ever spent money to make yourself feel better or to relieve that stress? On today's episode of Budget Babe, I bring you confessions of a former shopaholic, sneaky causes of stress, and ways to manage your stress before it becomes an abomination to your budget. Stay tuned. Hey, and welcome back to the Budget Babe podcast. I'm your host, Ella, and I'm so grateful that you decided to join me once again today that has been recorded. It is September 15th, 2020, and I cannot believe we're in the middle of September already. If you are listening, it is highly likely and very likely, especially with everything going on this year, that you are battling stress in your life. This stress could come from homeschooling your kids, losing a loved one, worried about losing a loved one. You could be planning a huge event or who could forget all the drama in the world today among a pandemic and election year and constant changes with all of us in our work. You might have to have to change your routine. That enough can be stressful. My coworkers and I have this ongoing joke that Ross from Friends should be the spokesperson for 2020, as in one episode, they are moving a couch, and he's constantly having to shout, pivot, pivot, and they have to take a new direction and keep moving. That is exactly what this year feels like for us. When it comes to stress around money, it was actually reported in March by a survey conducted by Capital One that 77% of households reported being stressed about finances. Again, 77%. 73% of those participants stated that finances are actually the number one cause of that stress. Younger generations, millennials like me and Gen Z, 80% of Gen Z and millennials report that money is the number one stress factor for them. Since most of you are under 35, according to Anchor.fm, I imagine that this can likely apply to you. With the survey being conducted in March and just at the beginning of March, right when the pandemic started, I feel like this stress around money statistics may be even higher due to layoffs, pay cuts, and workarounds because of the COVID-19 precautions. Before COVID, I could definitely relate to being stressed about money. Four years ago, I was actually working three jobs to tie ends together. I had a full-time job at an advertising agency. I worked part-time at Victoria's Secret, late nights and weekends. And then I began teaching on top of that. But teaching dance was actually a stress release for me because I'm working out and sharing something I love with others. But whenever I did have extra time between the three jobs, I was also taking on various house sitting opportunities, babysitting, dog walking, contract positions, and anything I could to scrape by paying $1,300 in rent, eating healthy, and other bills that were accumulating. All of the jobs and the stress around money even caused me to put in lackluster effort in all my tasks which created even more stress because I'm an Enneagram three. And if we're not doing the maximum, if we're not doing our best, that adds even more stress into my life. Now I do make over double what I was being paid four years ago in my full-time job. And I kept my side hustle, keep teaching dance classes, but I'm going to tell you something. I was still living paycheck to paycheck when I first started this job. And that's because 
having more money opened me up to more temptations to spending my money. So I've said this before, wealth is not necessarily in what you earn, but it's going to be how you manage your money. I also see shopping as a relief for stress. Now, the causes of stress I'm going to talk about later into this episode are not well-known causes or well-acknowledged causes. We all have different causes of stress. We've got uncertainties in our life, sudden events, grieving. There's a lot of things that are obvious factors of causing stress. I'm going to later talk about sneaky factors to cause stress, but to deal with those sneaky factors, shopping was a way to relieve stress. I had to see that and call myself out on it. And I've also had to enact some self-discipline upon that. Another favorite hobby of mine is dining out. Nashville has a wealth of amazing restaurants to try. And I'm also all about supporting small business. But here's the thing. If I were just getting groceries every week, I can actually get groceries for under $50, averaging $50. Sometimes I can do $25, sometimes around $70, but my average grocery bill is around $50 a week. Well, that sounds great, but my failure to plan, I often eat out. And think about it, eating out adds up. I have a monitor on my region's banking app that shows me what I spend on dining out every month. And oftentimes, embarrassingly enough, I exceed that $300 goal. If you really think about it, $300 is just $10 a day on dining out. Most of us are going to spend more than that. I know a guilty pleasure of mine right now is supporting local restaurants using DoorDash, Postmates, being still somewhat in quarantine. I order takeout a lot, but I also want to support people in their side hustles because I know what a side hustle can, what a difference a side hustle can make in someone's life. When I do get takeout most of the time, however, I always make sure that I can at least get two meals out of each order and not just one. Restaurant portions generally equate to more than one meal. If you look at it, uh, learn to gauge my full levels. I learn to eat slower, savor what I'm eating. And once I do that, once I'm eating slower, engaging my full levels better, I eat less. So win, win all around. For clothing, makeup, entertainment, I have to really evaluate each purchase and what I get out of it. Recently, I canceled my Netflix subscription because I found out that I can buy The Office, a whole DVD set for $40 on Facebook Marketplace. That's what I watch most of the time anyway. So I just bought The Office, canceled my Netflix subscription, got a Hulu subscription I probably need to cancel. I don't use it very often, but I do use my Spotify subscription. So my Spotify and Hulu are tied together. Got to deliberate that a little more. I decided Amazon Prime's worth it because I do a lot of workouts through Amazon Prime. I use Amazon Prime, the Amazon Prime stick. I use Alexa. I save money on delivery. That ended up being worth it. HBO Max has a lot of my favorite shows. I'm still trying to decide if that's worth it or not. But my point is really look at and evaluate each purchase before you buy something, before you're pressured to buy something, or before you're spending money on something that's not bringing so much value into your life. So in my 30s, I have learned to live a lot more frugally. I've learned to save money and get the most out of every purchase. Coming up in January, I have plans to go to grad school, and my goal is to do so without taking out debt. 
because debt just kills your budget quicker than anything. I also hope to buy my first house within two years. So if the Nashville market will just simmer down, I can make that a possibility. That's what it, you know what that means? It means having a plan for every spend and I have to create boundaries about my budget. That's going to have when you have that plan for your budget, you're going to follow along with it and you're going to have less likelihood to stress around money. If you're not stressed around money, chances are you may be stressed for the current events and happenings throughout the world. You might be grieving something. You may have faced a job loss. I really hope not. But, you know, so many people have lost jobs then. So many people have lost work. They've lost, you know, they haven't seen their friends, not having social interaction. Those are some obvious external factors that can create stress. Some of the more obvious stress accompanying change, you can kind of identify that to yourself and you can find ways to handle them. What I want to talk about now is an give you guys an overall summary of what stress is, but then I'm going to talk about the subtle events that create stress in your life. So by definition, according to Mr. Webster, stress is the feeling of overwhelm, inability to cope, or feeling out of control. I used to think stress I experienced was due to my busy schedule, but it was actually what I was allowing into my mind and what I was focusing on. It was also how I was handling stress as it was sneaking in. I didn't always acknowledge stress when it was sneaking into my life. I kind of put it to the side and ignored it. That's not healthy either. The causes I'm about to mention for the recent stress that I've experienced, they snuck up on me and kind of surprised me. They might surprise you as well. And it didn't realize I had this stress until I was going days with weird sleeping patterns, waking up in the middle of the night, and just feeling overall exhausted. So now I'm going to talk to you about how I handle these factors, and hopefully you're going to find value in this and more energizing days ahead. So sneaky cause of stress number one, that is being accessible 24-7. Smartphones can give us a great instant gratification. They help us order food, get it delivered to our door. We can play any song we want. We can watch anything we want, mirror it to our TV. Very convenient for us. They provide a lot of convenience. But on the other hand, they can provide a lot of inconvenience to your life. The inconvenience is you wake up every morning with the alarm that's on your phone. It's convenient to have an alarm on your phone, right? Well, then you see 20 emails. You also see 10 Facebook notifications. You've got text messages that you didn't answer. We tend to create urgency around those notifications. We may cause us to spend the first hour of our day, first few hours, minutes, just any kind of waste of time weeding through them. You may also get down the rabbit hole of social media. We all know that social media can create an illusion. Social media can get in your head, make it seem like everyone around you is much happier. They're more successful and they're doing better in life than you. That's simply not true. But social media is known to cause that mindset in people. In a day when most of our connections are virtual, the accessibility can actually make you feel further disconnected as you are more unlikely to stay in front of your phone than talk to someone about what overwhelms you. We even see this with family and friends and groups congregating, going out to restaurants. They're wanting to spend time together. But the ironic thing is they're spending time on their phone. They're looking at their phone. They're taking pictures. They're doing it for the gram. That's something that actually takes away from the fun experience they're supposed to have connecting with each other and enjoying their time together. 
one suggestion that I have around creating boundaries from time away is being acclimated with that do not disturb future. Now, if there's calls that you're expecting from family members, I use do not disturb. But if I want, you know, to make my mom or dad an exception, they can still call me during do not disturb. I have that feature on my phone. I have a Samsung. I'm pretty sure you can do that on the iPhone as well. I'm going to tell you right now, there's never been a Facebook notification, a tweet, or even a text message that was so urgent that I could not wait to answer it. AT&T did a campaign years ago, said, hands-free, it can wait. So it was against texting and driving, because texting and driving has seen a huge increase of car accidents. And since you wouldn't text or look at your phone while you're driving, you really shouldn't. So if you are looking at your phone while you're driving, put it down now, get your eyes on the road. But if you're not going to talk on the phone while you're driving, why are you going to look at your phone when you do get to spend quality time with your loved ones? In addition to that, make sure you spend intentional time away from your phone. Put that time aside. Do some yoga. Watch your favorite TV show. Record a podcast. Listen to your favorite podcast. Make sure you do that with your phone and either do not disturb or just away from your phone. You deserve to live a world, a life where the time is for you and nobody else. I grew up in the 90s and where if you were not home, you could not answer phone calls. Yes, there was a time before text messaging and there was a time before cell phones. There's also instant messenger. I don't know if anybody remembers using that, but you can send an away message, tell everybody where you're at. My away message is usually corny movie quotes and me trying to be funny, but people could send me an instant messenger. They saw that I was away and then that was it. They knew I was gone somewhere. Could always put that up. And sometimes I didn't even have AOAIM. I was going to say AOL. It's AOL is a messenger. I didn't have AIM up to begin with. And also, if they tried calling, they could leave a voicemail. And that was done. I wasn't home. I couldn't answer my phone. Moral of that story is you can survive time without your phone. I promise. If you're addicted to your phone, go ahead after this podcast, put your phone away, put it on Do Not Disturb, and find something else to do. The second suggestion, I'm a huge believer in starting each day with a positive mindset. So as for the alarm clock feature, if you're using your phone as an alarm clock, I've been guilty of that. I actually have an old alarm clock now on my nightstand that I use. So I'm not looking at my phone first thing in the morning. If you have an old phone, if you have you know, an iPad or something else that you can set an alarm with, do that. Use that. You don't need to use your phone. Chances are your phone power could go out and the phone dies. The alarm clock will die too. But my point is you don't need to look at your phone first thing in the morning. Speaking of media, we we're talking about social media earlier. I'm going to talk about the sneaky stress factor number two. That stress factor is traditional media. And it seems like we are tuning into it a lot more than we have been. So whether you tune into CNN, MSNBC, or just the local news, I suggest keeping this in small, and I mean small doses. Keep in mind that a majority of the news you watch is actually intended to kind of create fear and uncertainty to keep you watching. How many times have you seen good news being reported other than John Krasinski's Good News Channel? You really don't. The chances are so slim. And I know as someone who studied mass communications and minored in psychology for my bachelor's degree that the media, it's there's always going to be some bias 
and it's intended to keep you hooked. They use persuasion tactics like fear, emotional appeal to keep you watching and to possibly buy from their advertisers. That's just how it is. So also know I'm not by any means encouraging you to quote unquote stick your head in the mud, but I am saying to limit your exposure because everything you're seeing right now is around the pandemic, political mudslinging, reports of violence and criminal activity. If you want to find a separate app to check your traffic updates, your stocks and local safety tips, do that instead, or just watch the local news when they do the traffic updates or what's going on in your neighborhood, where areas you need to avoid today. And as human beings, I'm going to tell you, we're psychologically, we are not designed to carry the weight of the world with us. And being too involved with traditional media makes us do just that, carry the weight of the world with us. What I do is I keep my news exposure brief. I watch WKRN for about 10 minutes each morning just to get the traffic updates, overall skim of what's going on. There's an app called The Skim that you can download and just skim over the stories. Uh, I personally prefer The Economist for a lot of political updates. Economist, BBC, they have a less biased approach to things. Um, And also, I unfollow any news sources on my Facebook or social media. I have people on my social media that I love dearly, but I don't follow their updates because it is overly political. And I am involved. I vote I do speak my mind with people that ask me who my opinions are. I just don't do that publicly. But when I see someone's media being socially political, very negative, and just full of drama, they're just mad about everything, I just don't follow them. I love them as people, but I don't have to follow them on social media. To further illustrate this, I feel like media, this is an analogy I'm going to use, the media can be like the gossipy friend that you have in high school that told you what mean things other people have said behind your back. How does that make you feel when somebody broadcasts what's said behind your back? Not so good. They're telling you that because they think they have your best interest at heart, but you know, they really don't. They're broadcasting something to you that's hurtful. That doesn't help at all. It's also, I look at media as the insecure friend who makes little digs at you and doesn't celebrate your victories or points out what's going wrong in your life. That's what traditional media can feel like to me sometimes. So my advice on that is limit your exposure to media, just like you would limit your exposure to negative people. It's almost like you would limit your exposure to junk food. By all means, if you want some ice cream or candy bars, indulge in that every now and then, but that shouldn't take up most of part of your diet. Whereas social media and the news should not take up most of your life. Some healthy ways that I occupy my mind instead will include waking up and doing a 30-minute at-home yoga session. I love yoga with Adrienne. It's free if you have Amazon Prime. She does an easy, quick workouts. It's a great way to begin my day. Read up on business articles, you know, Business Insider, LinkedIn. Read about what's going right in the world. Read about companies that are doing well in spite of the pandemic. I love watching inspirational videos on YouTube. Some of my favorites are Aaron Dowdy. I love doing guided meditations on YouTube, sometimes finding comedians on there. There's Whitney Shea. She's got some really great fashion advice. That's usually a positive way to begin my morning. 
Another positive way, doing devotions or gratitude journal. The way that you start your day can be consistent in what you experience throughout your day. So your mindset has a huge influence on the performance that you put throughout your day. Your mindset's going to have a huge influence on the pursuit of your dreams and how you navigate through this jungle called life. You want to feed your your mind with healthy messages, just like you want to feed your body with healthy foods. So feed it with healthy messages and be cautious of what junk you put into your headspace. A third sneaky cause of stress. That causes stress for me, and I think what's really getting to me lately is just a lack of routine. So I still have, you know, my full-time job, thankfully, but on weekends, I've taught some of my side hustle, you know, I've been able, lucky enough to teach my side hustle on Saturdays, but some weekends I just don't have a routine. And some work days I'm working more from home than I am going out to visit stores. So that change in routine It's just, it's really draining me. You know, we yearn, and a lot of times we do, we want days where we wake up without any plans and can just relax and, you know, not have to worry about anything. But when you don't have a routine, that can cause a few things that are toxic. It can cause the boredom. It can tempt you to get into some bad habits, like going on social media, watching television that leaves you feeling low frequency. You know, it's it's good to watch a good, I love watching Game of Thrones. I love watching Big Bang Theory. But you have to pay attention to how you feel after watching certain things. If you're feeling sad, if you're feeling fearful, that can carry on into your day. So just be mindful of that. Beacon quarantine also brings in temptation for online shopping, overeating, too much Postmates, too much DoorDash you know, lack of routine. I've even revisited old drama in my life, old wounds, you know, people that have hurt me in the past that I haven't seen in years. I thought I took care of that a long time ago. I thought I dealt with that, but I was talking to some friends on zoom that these old wounds can sometimes come back and it's time for you to deal with them again. Hopefully when you deal with that, it makes you stronger, but being by yourself so much and not having the routine that you normally would can definitely take toll on your mental health. So one way I'm doing, ways that I'm doing to uh, battle that is I've started my day with yoga. I actually create a list of what I'm doing throughout the day. So I always start with yoga. I used to do some meditation and prayer, then eating breakfast, having coffee time, and then taking the time, whether I am working from home, doing phone calls and admin work, what admin work I'm doing, and also just a list if I'm going out visiting accounts, looking at the list of accounts I'm visiting. So I'm doing everything I can to create that kind of routine on Monday through Friday, the best that I can. That way, I'm just doing everything I can to create consistency, consistency in a time that feels inconsistency. So If you've had changes in unemployment or if you're self-employed, make time for your day to plan your day. Just like you plan your budget, plan your day. So at least if you have a routine, you're less likely to slide into toxic habits that are going to drain you. Sneaky cause of stress number four, your diet and exercise. We talked about this earlier. 
I'm not saying you need to go on some extreme diet that's probably going to drain your energy even more or that's costly and just impossible to maintain. In fact, people who go on diets are more likely to struggle with weight than people who don't. That's what my doctor told me. Uh, but what I am saying is just keep a mental note of the foods you consume. If eating potato chips and ice cream, you know, weighs you down, it tastes great in the moment, but makes you feel lethargic afterwards, those are the foods you should avoid. If eating a salad, um, a Greek salad with chicken, if that energizes you, that's what you eat more of. Just be mindful of what you're taking in. Make sure you're staying hydrated. If you are if you have a tendency to stress eat, if you have a tendency to eat when you're sad, depression, if you have a tendency to go grab a pint full of ice cream, make sure make note of that and make sure that you don't practice the self-discipline in this. Keep a log of the foods you eat. I'm also going to say never, ever, ever use food or alcohol as a way to alleviate stress, especially not alcohol. The joy that you get or the buzz that you feel drinking alcohol, it's temporary. It's going to retire, require time for recovery afterwards. It's also going to dehydrate you. So it holds you back more than it pulls you further ahead. Now, if you find yourself hitting the bottle every time you feel stressed out, or if you feel sad or angry, if you're relying on alcohol to alter your emotions, then it's definitely time to seek professional help. Alcoholism is way more common than we realize. It's, you know, we live in a party atmosphere. We live in a time where going out to bars is the fun thing to do. We're told to drink our sorrows away. There's alcohol advertisements everywhere we go. So if you do have a problem with alcohol, go ahead and seek help. Talk to a friend about it. Maybe look into Alcoholics Anonymous if it's, you know, if you do think it's really bad, but seek help and just take it out of your house. Ways to combat this stress with your diet and exercise, that's pretty obvious. Make sure you stock up on healthy foods that will fuel your body. Also, exercise, as I say in Legally Blonde, exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people don't get stressed out. And actually, that's not the line, but you get what I'm saying. So don't abandon that habit of exercise and get those endorphins going as often as you can, even if it's just taking a walk around your house a few times. And finally, sneaky cause of stress number five. That is a lack of self-discipline. That kind of ties into not having a routine as well. A good way to combat the lack of self-discipline is making a list of what you do every single day. And having a pep talk with yourself if you need to, this should not only be your requirements you have for work, but make sure that self-discipline involves exercise, household chores, because a clean house definitely does affect how you perform, especially if you're working from home. Um, any activity you enjoy, plan for stuff that you love. If it's going for a hike, if it's going out for ice cream, hanging out with friends, socially distancing with friends, make sure you make a plan out of that. And take note every day of what you accomplish each day. I love the Presently app. I love using that app to make note of what I'm grateful for each day. That's a great way to end it. And I want to say this. When you lack self-discipline, you're also going to find yourself unable to budget. Going back to the budget babe title of this. You're also not going to be as productive. And you're going to find yourself procrastinating. So if you don't have self-discipline, you're going to end up putting things off to the last minute. When you put things off to the last minute, you're stressing even more. And you're going to 
with the procrastination, you're not going to perform at your best. When you don't perform at your best and you accept mediocrity, that can add even more stress into your life. And finally, I want to encourage you guys to seek help if you've got issues greater than this, if you've got stress that's completely overwhelming and taking effect on your body, please seek help. This is not a counseling site. I'm not a licensed therapist. I just kind of give everyday tips to help in your life. There is no shame in going to counseling. Everybody needs to do it at some point in their life. You can talk to a friend first. Um, You've also got sites like betterhelp.com if you're still quarantining, if that's important to you. You can connect to a virtual therapist that way. If you go check with your company, if you're still working, your HR representative can guide you to licensed therapy. It could be covered as a benefit in your company where they can connect you to a licensed therapist. Also look at what your benefits cover in terms of counseling. If it is still too costly, you can seek out a church or a spiritual center that you may be a part of. And I'll also note that therapy could be quite an investment, but counseling is going to pay off in the long run. It's going to help you navigate through major issues in your life, including stress factors that you can't control. That could be grief, unexpected expenses, financial stress from a job loss, any counseling that you need in that. And there's also situations that won't matter five years from now. You know that's the small stuff and you don't want to split the small stuff. There are there are some grievings that's in your life and there's going to be events in your life where you're going to need to talk to somebody. We also talk about, I'm going to do an episode later on about self-care. Now, in general, self-care to some people, you got to take time for self-care. Self-care to people looks like a spa or a designer handbag. For me, self-care is going hiking, finding time to dance, dancing gets those endorphins going, Yoga and self-care is definitely budgeting. Nothing makes you feel more empowered around your money and reduces the likelihood of having stress in your money more than having a plan for every penny you spend and having emergency savings accounts. No type of stress, regardless of whether it's money, grievances, whether it's the sneaky stress factors that you're kind of hugging on for yourself. None of that is going to be worth the effects that it has on your body. And that includes acne and wrinkles. Just saying, I'm in my 30s, so skincare is huge, important, huge importance of me. Um, it's not worth the headaches, and it's especially not worth risking your budget because if you are somebody that shops when you're stressed, eats when you're stressed, drinks when you're stressed, over 